You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Nick Fairby, writer for Pittsburgh Sports Now, co-games at WPTS Radio, and I'm a production assistant at ACC Network. And folks, let's talk about the Peach Bowl, the fallout from it, what happened, why Pitt lost this game, and also what this game really means for next year. We'll talk about it all here today on Locked on Pitt. Alright folks, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. Thanks as always for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day. Folks, today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to NetSuite.com slash LockedOnNCA for special end-of-the-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Now folks, I I do want to talk a lot about the Peach Bowl and just kind of what would it means now? There, there's obviously I'm filming this on Saturday night, literally just after the new year has turned. You know, going down to Atlanta for the Peach Bowl, going to cover it at a 5:15 a.m. flight to Miami, and then a connector back up to Pittsburgh. Um, so so you know didn't get much sleep and and wanted to kind of marinate on the Peach Bowl, my thoughts on it overall, the thoughts from kind of the fallout of the game and and what happened and. And I just wanted to let it marinate in my mind, you know. I, there's one, I didn't want to talk about it tired as a zombie. But two, I, I wanted to kind of click thoughts and, and put things together. And, and, when, and when we were talking about this, you know, I want I want to make legitimate uh, statements that I think kind of resonate uh, throughout the game. And, and resonate throughout kind of the program right now after this loss. Because this was a big... I know it's a it was a it's a glorified exhibition game and and all bowl games are that, uh, as referenced by you know the opt outs we've talked about that before and the the bowl games outside of the college football playoff games have absolutely been devalued and it is what it is but for Pitt as a program this was certainly an opportunity to get a New Year six win and even even if you know teams don't look at this as maybe a, a huge thing that it's something that. As a player, you want to win. You need nothing more than to look at Pitt and what was going on and everything that happened in Atlanta. I think the first thing that just stuck out to me was, oh my goodness, was this one of the hardest hitting games I've ever seen. And perhaps I was more impressed by this defense than anything. There were guys dropping left and right. Kalaja Kantz got hurt. Devin Danielson got hurt. Tyler Bentley got hurt. Hobble Baldonado got hurt. Alexander and Camp didn't even play. You had Dennis hurt for a little bit. You had Brandon Hill go down three different times. A.J. Woods got banged up. On offense, Nick Patty got hurt. Izzy got hurt. All these guys were getting hurt. Hoy got hurt. Everyone was getting hurt on this team. It was such a depleted team by the end of it compared to the start of it. And they were playing guys like Bambrina, Chris Maloney. You know, I was seeing guys out there I didn't even know were going to play. We saw a ton of Judson Talendir. We saw enough of all these guys that were just coming in and playing more. It was a depleted team. 
that held this Michigan State team on defense to 24 points. It was a really, really hard effort. It was a very inspired effort. And they gave Pitt a chance to win this football game. I was very impressed with the defense overall. And again, it's understandable that finally, you know, Michigan State cracked the seal and, and moved on. And Pitt, Pitt's defense was out there the entire second half. You know, the offense couldn't get anything sustained. And, and after a while, man, when you have those injuries, when you're out there so much, and, and as a team overall, you, you kind of just get fatigued. And in that overall, uh, Phil Campbell kind of talked about it. He said, man, we just had a lack of focus. And we, we were just mentally exhausted. You know, we're fighting through these injuries. We're fighting through playing just the whole second half. It, it was so much on pit overall. And, and it just it kind of just cracked eventually. And all things do in football. And that, that was a Michigan State team that was number 10 in the nation. So you knew they had talent. Even without Kenneth Walker, that was a team that was good. So, so this is exactly, if you're Pitt, what you expected to happen eventually if the offense couldn't do anything. And, and they never ended up doing it. And, and so the defense just having a huge, huge day overall trying to fight. And, and it was certainly very impressive. But to kind of start out, you know, that, it, that and it kind of goes into that. You know, the loss, 31-21, it really, it, it is, it, it, I can't be mad at it. And then I, and yeah, you, you are upset immediately after. And that's why I wanted to let this marinate is because, of course, you want to win the game. I don't care what game it is. And, again, I said, you know, you a lot of people will view this game as huge. I, again, I don't think it is anymore in the grand scheme of things uh, kind of with how college football is. But, course you want to win this game the players certainly wanted to win this game just look at what they were doing they were really really emotional on that side and there were a few fights that broke out but a lot of that is 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 largely due to you know things like for example just the emotions of hey this is my last game like cam Brayton rashad battle got into a fight that's been all over social media that was after the final touchdown you know that that's emotions running high and it shows the guys care and so this game matters to them, and and, and again, I, I, it doesn't matter to everybody. But that's these are some of these guys' last games. But the fight they showed, uh, the talent that Pitt clearly has to do this with their third string quarterback, without Izzy, without the bevy of defensive players that they had, I thought this was so impressive. You know, Pitt next year is not gonna have to deal with all that. They're gonna have Keenan Slovis, Michael Dow is transferring in, and we'll talk about those. Um, Michael Dow specifically uh, a little bit and starting next week. They're going to have all these guys, and, and they're going to have a really talented roster coming back here. And it's hard to be upset. This is this showcased to me what a talented deep team Pitt was. The, the defense was coalescing together towards the end of the year. The offense is still talented outside of just, hey, Kenny Pickett and Jordan Ennison. It's a talented offense. And so... Pitt, man, it, it showcases, I think, really good things for the future of this team. This team, overall, when you look at it, it says to you, wow, you have Slovis coming in next year. You have the Blitnikoff Award winner coming back. You have all these talented guys on defense and all these talented guys on offense. And, and you did that against the number 10 team in the nation, severely undermanned. In a New Year's Six Bowl on national television. What a fight. What a great job by, by Pat Narduzzi to get his guys to rally around each other. And, and to understand that 
even though you didn't win this game, just because you were so undermanned, because you did lack that. That that at some point talent just you know when when the other team has Jaden Reed and, and Jalen Naylor and and all these guys and Peyton Dorn who are solid players at some point it, the seal's gonna break it it just is what it is you can't you can't get consistent pass rush you can't do all that anymore because you are just quite literally I mean on your on skates I mean it's there's just too much to build on and, and something has to break the camel's back eventually and and so honestly. This was encouraging to me. It's hard not to be excited about next year. I, I, I Personally, I don't know how you can't be excited about next year. Just look at what they put out on the field. It was really gritty. It was great to see. And this team overall looks really, really good. They went to battle. They played one of the hardest hitting games I, I've ever seen a pit team play. They fought hard. And they clearly showed they had talent, and deep talent at that. And, and there are issues that we'll talk about and kind of that transpired into it, but that that's this is the overall message I want to I want to talk about. And then it's kind of married with me. And I can't even be upset after the, the season Pitts had, the, the best season they've had in 40 years, winning 11 games, becoming ACC champions. That was the goal this year. You know, the goal was really to win the Coastal. No one, I think, in the wildest dreams expected to win the ACC championship. But people saw it in, in view, and... And they knew it, and, and the ACC championship was won, and, and this is a huge step in the right direction for this program, and that's the huge thing. This showcases good things. The future of the program, I think, is very bright here in Pittsburgh. Don't look away at that. That's the biggest thing you can come out of this game with. The talent is here. The depth is here. Pitt is in a better position than they've been in in 40 years. That's the type of stuff we're talking about with Pitt right now. Pitt's football team is in such a good place they just won the ACC championship and not forget that do not forget the fact that they won the ACC championship what that meant to this team what it means to this program to win 11 games to take advantage of everything and for next year to have a very talented team and do it again and that's the thing this team is going up and up Narduzzi has this team acquiring assets, and they're not done adding guys. And this is huge for Pitt overall. So Pitt's program is just feeling much and much stronger. All right, folks. So let's talk a little bit about the Peach Bowl itself and, and kind of things. And obviously, I think the, the main thing we're going to talk about here, at least two degrees, Davis Bevel, and then we'll talk a little bit about the defense, kind of what happened there uh, as, as it kind of went down. But first, let me let you know about NetSuite. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade a NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time, while staying well ahead of the competition. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash locked. Head to NetSuite.com slash locked for this special one-of-a-year-kind financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash locked. Alright folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. 
And and obviously we have to get into the offense in Davis Bevel because man, uh, I mean I don't think anyone expected Pitt to be down to their third string quarterback, and and you were kind of excited to see Nick Patty and what he was going to bring to the table and potentially what he could do. But man, Nick Patty breaking his collarbone on the first on the second drive of the game, the touchdown drive, and on the touchdown rather, you know that was really tough because Patty looked solid, you know. After that first drive where he had two two balls that, you know, weren't really his fault. Carl dropped the ball and then Addison could have had it too, but they were high. They had a little bit too much on them. He really settled in in his second drive, drove him right down the field methodically. It felt like Patty really had put the put the motions in and, and everything just was coming together for him. Kind of as he got settled in, Bevel never really felt like he got a, a rhythm outside of those two drives, um, the touchdown drive, obviously, and then the last drive before he threw the interception, and I find it hard to, to blame Davis Bevel, you know, you can tell things from his skill set, uh, he's not super mobile in the pocket, I think he's mobile enough, I think people are underselling his mobility, he can move, he can move, I think he just doesn't know how to utilize his mobility completely, and there's a few reasons for that, one, he didn't play a ton in practice, I think Narduzzi said he had all two first-team reps in practice all week. So this is a guy that didn't practice much. This is a guy that didn't get on the front lines of prep much. The game plan certainly wasn't suited around him. And again, I don't think he was super mobile in the pocket. Now, that can be something, whether that's his innate pocket presence and he's just got feet, you know, stone feet in, in the pocket. I don't know. We haven't seen enough of Davis Bevel. But he got thrown into a really tough position on a whim against a team that was selling out the blitz him. And the offensive line didn't play well either. Now, the offensive line probably looked worse than they actually were. Um, I think Bevel also definitely shares the blame. About At least half of those sacks are on Davis Bevel. He held the ball really long, didn't really progress to his hot read nearly enough. And they had hot reads in there. And But I didn't think, you know, that, that Salem completely helped him out as much either. You know, there should have been a little bit more screens, whether that could have been wide receiver screens. Running back screeds, whatever. There should have been more screeds involved here with Bevel. And, and that's something that I think Pitt really lacked. And, and they didn't... It wasn't a full-on game plan to help him out. And I don't think he was coddled in the right way. Now, he certainly wasn't good. And it is what it is. But again, you don't want to be too tough on the guy. Because Davis Bevel was thrown in as a third-string quarterback into a pe- the Peach Bowl, a New Year's Six game. It's the number 10 team in the country. They sold out against him, and he just didn't really have any answer for it with the pressure. And, and neither did the offensive line. And those two go hand in hand. And, and he showcased some things, you know, on those drives. He, he showcased his ability to get into a rhythm, make some really nice throws and tight windows. Uh, the, the throw to Jared Wayne, I think, was very good. Um, going through his progressions against cover two, getting the big seam ball to... Jordan Addison, the throw, the throw to crawl across his body on the final drive was phenomenal stuff. You know, I mean, I think there's traits there that you can work with. Now, I, I just don't think Bevel was ready to play at this level. I think it's pretty clear, and maybe that changes with a different, you know, week worth of prep. Um, but it's something that you can't blame him for, and then you're not going to crucify this guy for it either. You know, there, there are some things that showcase that Bevel has some 
things to work with, but he's not ready for this stage just yet. And so you got to develop Davis Bevel and, and see maybe in a year or two when Keaton Slovis is no longer here, if he's still around, of course, if Davis Bevel doesn't hit the transfer portal, you got to see kind of where he's at at that point. Now, I think the offensive line is the discussion to have here because this is this was not a good game for them. And there were games down the stretch here where they struggled. Uh, North Carolina really speaks to me. They had a few really bad uh, cover, uh, breakdowns in the Wake Forest game. They also had had a few in, in the Virginia game. So th- this has been an issue. And you got to wonder where the offensive line's at right now. And, and J- all, Jake Cradle being lost was huge for them in that North Carolina game. Absolutely huge. And he, he broke his leg and, and never returned. And I think that you can directly correlate this unit being really good to just okay with him going out. And that's the biggest thing here. It's like you need someone to push these guys, right? I, I, they're all returning, and they're all going to be back, but you want other guys to break into that rotation if they're better. And the young guys with another year of development, you know, Hoy, he can be battled with with Taylor and Gonzalez. You know, I think Crail's got his spot locked up, but center's going to be very interesting. You know, if Moore's ready to go, let's play Moore. If Terrence Moore is ready to go, he looks solid. If Terrence Moore's ready to go, start him over Drexel. It, it'll be what it is. Marcus Miner and, and Carter Warren, I think, are the two best, at least outside of Cradle. I think Cradle might be their best line in period. But Miner and Warren, I think, did a nice job yesterday. Most of the pressure came from the right side, not the left side. And that was something interesting, I thought, is that Bevel kind of didn't know how to manage the pocket either. His pocket movement wasn't great, so he wasn't helping out the offensive line. You know, he would take deep drops, and then there would be open room in the pocket, but he would kind of slide right into it. It was tough. It was tough to watch. But Pitt's offense certainly lost him the game. It is what it is. You know, again, I don't think Tim Salem in an audition did very well. I don't think he adjusted on the fly. And, again, it's tough when you game plan for a completely different quarterback with Nick Patty, but... You have to have a set of plays that you're there with your backup, and you say, it's part of prep in the week. Let's set our backup up. Yes, you don't use it half the time, but listen, your backup has to be prepared to play, and you have to have a game plan. You have to have some notes to say, this is what we're going to do here, and hey, maybe they did have that, and it didn't work, but he didn't adjust. He didn't adjust to anything, and I think that was something. You know, Where were the hot reads? Where were the easy reads for Davis Bevel to adjust to the blitzes to where, okay, this is my hot read, I can get them, or the triangle reads where they have three guys here, and, and I'm going to read that real quick, and if this guy comes off the edge, I'm going to get drilled, but I can get the ball out, and we can get a five-yard gain, and that kind of is what it is. Where was that? It wasn't really there, and, and that was the thing that I think irked me the most about it all, is that they didn't do enough in that area. Um, I don't think they helped Bevel enough. I don't think they coddled him, and I thought Tim Salem needed to do that, and adjusting on the fly is something that you need to do as an offensive coordinator. Tim Salem's not going to be the offensive coordinator at Pitt next year, and he'll be the tight ends coach, and I think he's good in that role, but yeah, you got to help out Bevel, and, and the guys around him, you know, there were a few drops in, in this game as well, but really, I think, you know, they couldn't run the ball because they were stacking the box, even with Bannon out, it was tough, Davis ran hard, It was it's a hard-fought game for this Pitt team, man. And, and Bevel, you can't blame that guy. You, again, you can't. You don't want to go too hard on that guy. It's his first game, true, like, significant game action. I know he played against Notre Dame a little bit last year. 
but this is really his significant first game action, and you can't really just go go and crucify the guy for what what went down. I mean, in in such a tough tough week, you were thrown to a big moment with two reps of starting quarterback reps, just two two reps throughout the whole week of bowl practice. That is tough to ask a guy go in there and, and win this game and, and do it, you know how we do it. It's tough. It's a tough one, and so I'm not going to go too hard on Bevel, and I don't think you can. I think you can tell that he has his weaknesses, certainly dealing with pressure, and he crumbles under there, and again, I think the offensive line didn't help him out one bit. I don't think that they necessarily picked him up, but you also can blame him for some of that, with holding the ball for too long. You know, you got to get rid of the football at, at some point, and you got to go to your hot read, and there were a few hot reads there, and and at some point, Bevel has to step up in that area, um, but it, it is what it is, and, and he'll... He'll see that in time, you know. I don't know if it'll be with Pitt or with another team, but he'll he'll see that with time and, and kind of see it through. But but you're not going to blame him for it. But the offense obviously was the reason Pitt lost this game. You know, there's no rhythm. The offensive line breaking down in protection. Bevel holding the ball too long. Some key drops when they really needed it. All of that. And again, I don't think Tim Salem did a great job in this game either. So that is what it is. Well, we'll talk about the defense a little bit. I, I do want to talk about them. But first, folks, let me let you know about Built Bar. It's the new year. Yes, it's 2022. So that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like just terrible stuff. So you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. I, I'm telling you, I know by like week four, five, whatever, you, you're just like, I'm done with this because you don't get the satisfaction you want. But Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, so it can help you. It's low in calories, low in sugar, low in carbs, high in protein, and it has that candy bar flavor. So you got it all. It's a treat, but it's healthy as well. Well, and folks, there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookie and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, many more. Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so make sure to check that out as well. Just go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off of your order. Again, that's use our promo code LOCKED15 at 15% off at Built.com. folks welcome back to the locked on pit podcast just talked about bevel and his his game obviously is he, he fought real hard and despite him not really playing well you can't take a ton away from that uh just for him being thrown into that that fire but the, the defense overall man i want to talk about them a little bit because the defense fought like heck they fought like hell they fought like hell in this game and, and they really tried to go and win this game for them. They tried to help pick up Davisville. They got a scoop six. They got a, a good amount of pressure. Deion Hayes played out of his mind. I mean, there were guys that were playing well. There were good flashes from guys like Bambrina. Um, Cam Bright played a great game, I thought. You know, the, the whole linebacker, I think the whole linebacking court played at a really high level. And Pitt, really, the defense played well in this game. I mean, they allowed 24 points. You can't really ask what's more. This game wasn't on them. I mean, Here's the thing that you kind of look at with when it comes to Pitt and what you've seen this this game and what unfolded here. 
Pitt really tried to set the tone with physicality. They really wanted to play with that brand of physicality. And they came out there and said, we are going to hit you. We are going to play fast. We are going to make every catch you have to make a tough one. And Michigan State, unfortunately, in this game, had three contested catch touchdowns. I mean, Devonshire didn't have bad coverage on that last touchdown. It was going to be DPI regardless, but he was right there. And, and people will rag on Devonshire and A.J. Woods in this game, but, man, they were good. And, you know, Pat Narduzzi's scheme is what it is. It forces these guys to take these fade routes, these low percentage fade routes, and say, beat us. And Jaden Reed made a few plays. Jalen Naylor made a few plays. And that's how you that's how Pitt got beat, unfortunately. But they still only allowed twenty four points to a to an offense that had plenty of weapons. And Peyton Thorne made a great throw to Connor Hayward, who made an unbelievable catch. He got spiked by Brandon Hill and still made the catch. But that was a gorgeous throw. Jaden Reed made a great catch on the first touchdown over Woods. Woods and Devonshire fought like heck hell in this game. I thought that they played well. You know, getting your ball back. I know people say get your head back to the ball. That's tougher than you think. I mean, that's a really tough thing for DBs to do in quarters, especially when you're impressed man quarters and you're just playing to, to essentially stop the, these fade routes. You are on an island. It's mano y mano. It's you versus him. Getting your head around is important, but you only do that when you know you're perfectly in phase, you know you're perfectly there, otherwise you play through the guys' hands. And really, on that first touchdown, Woods played through Reed's hands. Reed just somehow kept on to it. It was a great play by Jane Reed, and Jane Reed's a stud. So you're not all that surprised it happened. But let's be real here. The corners played well. I think there are plenty of things to be not concerned about on this team. And and I'll say that. I think they're deep. I think the D-line's clearly deep. You know, we'll see if they get Cam Bright back. Linebacker could be an issue, but they got Michael Dow now, who will come in and probably play that star linebacker role, so help them there. And if they lose both Bright and Patrician, they're obviously just losing Bright. Uh, Patrician, but we'll see if Bright exercises his next year of eligibility. Hopefully he does. Cam Bright's a really good football player. But if not, you have Dow there to at least help Solomon to Shields as well. Um, but but this, this is a team that I think they tried, man. They, they fought hard. They were good against the run. Um, they, they, Jaden Reed and Jalen Ayler just made a few plays, and Connor Hayward made a real tough catch. They just made a few really big plays. And Pitt's defense played their hearts out. Uh, they were hurt. They were all coming up and down. They, they were all going off the field. It was a really tough game for Pitt's defense, and they were out there for so many plays. 86 plays run by Michigan State in this game. That's 30 more than Pitt ran for. Uh, reference so that's a big step they were out on the field and they fought and again if there was going to be something that, that cracked eventually uh it, it unfortunately just the camel the, 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 there were too many injuries and then eventually the straw that broke the camel's back came up and, and Pitts, you know devonshire i think has plenty of upside to him he was really good he was in position you know Jaden reed and Jalen naylor were wide open against a lot of teams that they played this year not so much against this team. Pitt had real good coverage. Marquez Williams was good, but Woods and Devonshire were fighting. They were there. You can see the. You can clearly see 
the traits for both Woods and Devonshire that they can be quality corners. And you can see Dayon Hayes growing. You can see Bam Brina, you know, hit in his flashes. You can see guys that are growing into roles and, and starting to step up. Bengali Kamara had a really nice game. I thought he had a few plays where you said, oh boy, this dude can play. This dude can ball out. He's physical, gets in there. So, you know, you have a mo- you have your money backer there. You're starting money backer potentially next year in Bengali Kamara. And and there's there's a ton of positives to be taken away from that defense. Now, you know, we, we'll talk about scheme, whatever. Whatever it is, you'll talk about scheme. But Pitt, Pitt's always been a bend-don't-break defense. And they really, really settled into a zone there at the end of the year. And, and they're going to get a, a, a goodie bit of those guys back. And I think Pitt is kind of drawing into it. This defense, it needs a few little bit of reinforcements. You know, it, it needs a, a linebacker. And Dow is there. Could, hey, it could add another one if Bright doesn't come back. So maybe two linebackers. Um, you already have one of those two. Uh, you could it could use another corner if they really want to. Although there's plenty of potential there with Khalil Anderson, Noah Biglow, guys like that, Tamarian Crumpley. This is a team that has a defense that is talented. They were young this year. They really were. Outside of linebacker, you know, and and you felt like that secondary was young and inexperienced. And and when Amari Mathis is out is out of there now. You know, losing him, you got to see some of the, the guys that would be your future. And it was a transitional year for this defense after losing guys like Hamlin, Ford, Weaver, Jones, uh, all those guys that left uh, for the NFL last year. And so it was a transitional year for this defense. So you were you expected some steps back, and they did. But as the year grew on, they continually made strides and improvements. And I think that's something that can't be overlooked in the grand scheme of things when we're talking about that. Next year, they'll, a lot of them will be back, and they'll have the ability to potentially continue this momentum in the next year. And again, I think guys like Devonshire and Woods, uh, they'll, they'll get hate from some people here, but you know they, they're, they have the tools, and they improved drastically over the year. Remember A.J. Woods missing that tackle against Tennessee in Knoxville? He never did it again. He played at a high level all year. He, proved, he improved Devonshire. As he got more and more reps, he improved. He made big plays in big situations. These are guys that are going to be the future of that corner room. And and they didn't win it on this day, but they were tough, gritty, and heart. And I think that's – and showed heart. But I think that was kind of the thing that, that I was wanting to kind of go over in this game is that oh, this team showed heart in this game. They were undermanned severely in this game. As the game went on, they lost more and more guys. And – it, it, it's it's a game that the Peach Bowl is a game that is, again, I'm going to say it, it's a glorified exhibition game. This only really encourages me more about what Pitt's doing, what they're building, and that's the bottom line here. And the defense proves that with how hard they fought, the, how they just played with reckless abandon, and they played with such savvy for, for three and a half quarters. It was really impressive to watch, and Again, there are things that they can do to improve it and help out and bring in help, but this was really impressive stuff by the defense. It should have been enough for them to win, but the offense, again, was also banged up, and there were so many factors going into that one. So, tough loss for Pitt, but regardless, there's very positive things, I think, coming out of this for Pitt, the future, 2022, and what's going on with the program. Well, folks, as always, thanks for listening to the podcast. Always appreciate and I'll end it off. As always, hail to Pitt.